And we're back with episode three. I'm here with AJ Burgess, Ron Cavallo, Abin Quilter, and you're listening to Talking Sports. Nine days worth of sports news, nine days worth of winter break. Let's just get right into MLB. I think everyone wants to know about Yamamoto signing to the Dodgers. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 12 years, $325 million. It feels like he was always going to be a Dodger. Every other team in contention felt like was just there to drive up the price. I mean, like I said earlier, he was almost like a million dollars a day. Yeah. Had to Every be. day he didn't sign, he made another million. He was a great pitcher. No matter how you put it, someone's going to be giving him a lot of they money. They did pay him $325 million for a guy who's never thrown an MLB baseball. But. but we're also talking about he played in a very competitive league and had great numbers in that very competitive league. And considering other players that came out of Japan, like Shoho Otani, we had that whole thing happen. So I believe that this pitcher is great. And I think that he, with this team that the Dodgers have built, especially with this pitching core, I believe this Dodgers team, as everyone expects this Dodgers team, is going to do really well in the regular season at least. I think they're going to be out in the divisional round. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I mean, I mean they're, they're going to get eliminated in five games. They've done it before. Yamamoto's going to get taken deep. I'm going to see Moto, Tommy John immediately. He's not going to be used to... They're going to overuse him, probably. I'm pretty sure in Japan they use those rubber baseballs, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So they use those rubber baseballs. He's not going to be used to it. It's going to take him a minute to develop. As a salty Yankees fan, I hope he sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a very salty Red Sox fan right now, Chris Sale to the Braves for Vaughn Grissom. Holy. Never heard of the guy. Okay. He's 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 a solid player. He's supposed to be a solid up-and-coming prospect. It was a lot cheaper than Chris Sale. A lot cheaper. We'll we'll let you take it because you are a Red Sox fan. But to me, this feels like a move that is for the future – and not maybe next year. I think it's for the future 100%. I mean, 36-year-old pitcher that is like – yeah, that's his age. He's had like eight injuries. He's never been fully back from his prime. I think that getting him off the team was probably the best way to try and fix the future. Of the Can Rangers. we fact-check that, that he's 36? I'm 90% sure. But, I mean, he's always hurt, one. But it's Chris Sale. The guy's stuck around forever. And then, of course, the minute we get a new general manager, he's gone. I mean, if the guy can stay healthy, he's what thirty four. Thirty four. If that the is- guy can stay healthy, he's a good. He's good. Great pitcher. Like if he can stay healthy, this helps the Braves rotation a lot. Where you have a lot of top mm. end already: Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Chris Hill's probably the three or four guy. He's probably more of a depth piece, but he mm. can be one of. the probably the best depth piece in the league if he can stay healthy and get back to his mm. old way. How many injuries that he had? How many of them were in his arm, his throwing arm? All of them. All Quite of them? I, of them? Is it because of his submarine arm? No. So he so last year he fell off a bike. It was that same year, too, that he, like, second pitch of the game, he took one off his hand. Or that oh, was yeah. The year before yeah. I was watching that game. I started crying, not even going to lie about that. Mm. And then – it's all. It was his Tommy John. He had just come back. It was like the first sale day, and he broke his pinky or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah. I just think that I'm wondering if he'll switch to overhand throwing because nah, it, no. with how many nah. with how many injuries he's had, I'm just thinking, may, will he change his? Play a lot style? of his injuries have not been baseball related, which is weird because you don't see that many players. He's just unlucky, probably. Very injury prone. All right, next um, on the topic, no, keeping, keeping it with pitchers, Frankie Montas signs with the Reds. 
one year he gets 16 million. As a Yankees fan, the guy has, you know, he's got potential, but 16 million is crazy. A lot of money, especially with the Cincy. You know, they have a great young core, LED Cruz. They have this great young core that I think is going to be very good. But then they bring in, what, 25, 26-year-old pitcher who looked good in Oakland. He can be good. He can be good. It's just like, but won't you want to pay your other players? Why give I mean, 16 mil to a Now, what? it's only for one year. Only it's only one year. year, but they I still kind of wanted the Yankees to bring him back. Just like he didn't to, have much to start see what he, to see, like if like give him a healthy offseason, give him a chance, see what he can really do. But sixteen million is crazy. Thank it's, goodness they did not do that. Yeah. So I mean, I say we stay. We get back to the foreign, the foreign teams. Kevin Kiermaier re-signs with the Blue Jays, one year, ten million dollars. Kind of thought the guy was going to be Yankee until the Juan Soto trade. Once yeah. we got Trent Grisham, we needed. He said he was going to stay in the AL East, so I kind of figured that this was probably going to happen because I knew the Yankees weren't going to sign him. They I wonder Trent why Grisham. does what drives a player to want to stay in a division? Like he, like he doesn't want to stay. It doesn't say that he, he hasn't left. That's the problem. He's just comfortable there. I know, I but I'm just wondering, like in general, why would a player want to stay in their division? What Good keeps question. him there? I mean, I guess seeing all his teams, all right. but sticking it with the Blue Jays, ex-Yankee. One of the best pitcher relief pitchers of all time. I K Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Two years, fifteen, 15 million. million. He deserves with that the money. Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. To be honest, as a Yankees fan, what I've seen from IKF is a mixed bag. I'm still waiting for the IKF tribute video. He deserves it. I mean, he was a solid hitter. My question was, we put him everywhere. He was at shortstop for for the first year was here. Then we IKF, moved him to outfield. The utility man. He's then, a nice, he was a good. Utility player. He was a very utility player. When and he started at shortstop, it was, I won't lie it was to you. So terrible. It was I so terrible. Didn't really like the guy at all. I think then it was last like six year errors. he kind of moved around, got utility, started hitting better, mm. started pitching. Unfortunately, had, like we we talk it as like a joke a little bit, but really like it wasn't much of a terrible thing. What's a terrible thing actually? Wander Franco. You know, getting arrested officially after hiding from the police. Hiding was crazy. Like, he ran. He didn't, like, simply just try and hide. Like, didn't just slightly avoid his court dates. He straight up ran and flew across the country to try and get away from these allegations and missed two court dates, which then allows the police to have an, a warrant for his arrest, which did happen. I mean... He already had his warrant for his arrest. As soon as you're, like, the day late to your court date, they have you get your warrant. warrant. So he just had a warrant. Um, then he avoided that one. And then there was another one put in place because he missed two court dates because mm-hmm. they rescheduled the first one that he missed originally, which for such a great star coming up that had a great year, for that to that just shows how quickly a career can get knocked off because he doesn't just follow along with the law, which I think is terrible for someone talented. I'm going to be honest. That. I didn't see him as a Hall of Fame. Well, I didn't see him as a Hall of Fame, but he was still going to be a decent player. I think everyone overhyped him because of his 99-2-week MLB The Show card. Well, yeah, but that was a really good card, though. It was a good card, but he's not that good of a player. Yeah, but yeah, he's okay. Still, he still showed off for Tampa. He still provided runs for Tampa. He's still a great player with great talent that got cut off short because of not anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. As a Red Sox fan, I think I'm happy here. Lucas Giolito, two years, thirty-eight and a half million dollars. The replacement. 
Is he the Chris Sale replacement? I mean, he's a solid pitcher. He's a solid pitcher. He's getting up there a little he's bit. He's never going to be what prime Chris Sale was. No one will. Exactly. Like, but it's still a good, decent replacement for if Chris Sale did not play, then who would fill that role? A yeah. bomb from the minors? This is a decent replacement for Chris Sale. You know, I'm not worried about it. Nobody. It's just another guy once, so it's going to take deep. So. Debatable. We have to find out. I'm not worried but. about it. I just want to say, in the NBA, my glorious king, LeBron Bon James, game tying three taken away on his birthday. First, happy birthday to the GOAT. But was it a two, AJ? There was space there, but, like, that report comes out, you know, like the yeah. report, like the official report. And the official report said it was a it was a good call that it was a two, so I, mean, I don't know. We have like Michael Jordan against the Jazz. A reporter asked him, "Did you push off?" And it's like he said, "No." Did they call it? No. So it's like the refs, what they call is what they call. I mean, as me, I'm gonna say it's a three, but since they called it a two, it's just kind of like that's what the it refs was a two. called yeah. it. It was a two, and a you two can. Is a two. You can argue with it, and there there are chances that refs are wrong, and they're going to be wrong because they're human. But it's like at the end of the day, what did they call it? They called it a two. Yeah. So if that, we're, so let's get into the Pistons, but I just want to say something. The Celtics, they disappointed me. That should have been a blowout game. They went into overtime you know what, the Celtics, with the Pistons. Made I, me mad. That was a crazy game. The Celtics, I will say like I was a little disappointed, but honestly, two things. At this point, I'm not surprised the Celtics do that every game. All right, they win. They don't win I by 10 you. or more, ever. Mm. I'm surprised they beat the Spurs by 25. I thought they were about to lose. Mm. B, I haven't had as much fun watching the Celtics this year as I have in a long time. All mm. right, it's fun. Yeah, when because you they're have high five, scoring. When you have seven options every game, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and I texted people being like, if the Celtics were to lose a game, it would be this game. Because I don't know why, it's just that they have this narrative around that they just lose to bad teams. I don't know why, but that's just what happened. But now that the Pistons came off of that in that close game, again, they led at halftime against the Raptors and finally pulled this one out. Snapping the 27th worst losing streak in NBA history, they finally snapped it at that number. So it goes in the history books, but, but, you know. Keeping with the Raptors, the New York Knicks make a move. I mean, as a Knicks fan, I almost gouged my eyes out when I learned that R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly both got sent anywhere because Emmanuel Quickly was sixth man of the year and R.J. Barrett was our number third draft pick. Like, we had – they were supposed to be good. They were mid at first. They were not shown much. But when it came to recent years, especially with that playoff run last year, R.J. and Emmanuel couldn't – quickly we're doing great things for this team and we just send them away Emmanuel quickly did not sign his rookie extension though and I feel that's why it led for him to get traded but RJ I don't know why it's so weird for me because we didn't have any problems with RJ Barrett and then all of a sudden we're like okay we're gonna send you away to Toronto for no reason I mean let's be honest he I'd have to have a wild guess and say that he had something to do with this trade yeah, probably requested. Maybe, maybe didn't request, but maybe he did want to go home because obviously I think at least most people know R.J. Barrett is from Canada. Yeah, and specifically a little north of Toronto he's from. So he's still close to home. Yeah. Close to family now. I and think Emmanuel quickly with that deal. I mean, the people he got back for it in the draft picks, not 
as near as what we sent. But at the same time, in the opener for OJ, OG, um, he dropped 17 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Not a bad game for an opener. So the fact that he performed that in his opener after everyone had doubt in this trade, I think that we could see a decent value from this player. And if not, another reason to have our owner sell the team because he's been making mistakes all the way back to KP with Kristoff Ringus's draft. So, all right, getting in to the thing that everyone wants to talk about. NHL hockey, the Bruins are feeling good. All right, the Boston Bruins coming off three straight wins, including a game Saturday night where they scored five goals in the second period, are feeling real good heading into Columbus tonight. The Blue Jackets, they're okay. You know, they're doing all right. Kind of as good as they would expect it to be. The Bruins, one of the best teams out there, leading the way in the Eastern Conference. Anything to add? Oh, no. I mean, the Bruins been team that should be a Stanley Cup finalist almost every year. Yeah. Especially the past few. They have too. Do we think we but see a TD Garden finals? I need to see times that. two again this year. Again, hopefully. I mean, if we see a Fenway, that probably won't happen. I'm not gonna lie. To you. Yeah, we won't see that from Fenway. But imagine, we're so close. We've been close. A TD Garden times two championship Fenway. run would be insane. And a New England. Yeah. Boston being the state champion. I mean, kind of wrapping up here, we have college football and NFL. I think college football is obviously the more important thing, so let's just get into NFL. Um, Lions ref problems. I think that was crazy. I mean, crazy. we see, like, if there wasn't that camera angle of number 68 going up, and saying, like, right to the ref. What he said, we don't know. But we're assuming that Jared Goff pointed to go tell the ref. He went up to the ref. We, we can assume that he said, hey, I'm going to be eligible. And that's what they ask the players to do is say, hey, I'm going to be eligible on the play. Then they announce it. But instead, they announce number 70. And they announced the other guy that went up with them. It was exactly. supposed to be like a diversion thing. Which makes me think that the ref just wasn't even paying attention and just picked a number. Exactly. He had two people. One of them said, I'm eligible. And then he's like, all right, I'm not going to look further into it. So he, this guy's eligible. But at the same time, if they announce over the speaker, 70's eligible, why didn't the Lions try and correct that? Because they knew who the play was going to be towards. Also, supposedly from what Dan Campbell, Lions head coach, said, is he explained that they were going to run this play if it came down to it, and he explained what was going to happen to the ref step-by-step, what was going to happen. And they still ignored it. And they still messed it up. Which I think either shows incompetence or shows some type of favoritism. Either way, thank God the NFL finally did something and decided that they are not going to be refing the postseason and his whole crew will not be refing for any of the postseason, which is not enough. They should have some other reprimands, but I think showing that they've it's a good seen start. This, it's a good start. It's definitely You're going to lose a lot of money, too. Think about it. You're gonna lose. You get paid a lot of money to ref yeah. the playoffs. So. I think that this is a good way for the NFL to say, "Hey, we see the problems with the refing. Hey, we're gonna try and fix them." I mean, if we're going problems, T.J. Hawkinson out for 
the year. It's a problem for the Vikings, but it's one week. Are left. they out? They're not out. It's of It's a one week left problem because I don't. I just don't see them beating the Lions. What even happened to TJ Hawkinson? I did not or watch that game. ECL, MCA, like just shattered his knee. Mm. So yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Your best, arguably your best player besides Justin Jefferson, is out for the year. There was only two weeks left. You get absolutely smoked by Green Bay this week. I don't see them beating the Lions, which means they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think – I think they're not out of it, but I'm pretty sure that the Vikings – They're not eliminated, the but they have to – They have to win. They have to win. And, and the Packers, Seahawks, and Tampa Bay, and New Orleans all have to lose. Yeah. So, so it's it's definitely – It's not looking good for old – And if so. they are able to squeak into the playoffs, then that means that without TJ Hawkinson, it's going to be It's huge. going to be tough. Gonna be a huge problem. They're gonna play the two seed too, so you're gonna end up playing like Dallas, Philly, which they're they weren't winning with TJ or not. Yeah. So. so you just said tough. Let's get into tough losses, embarrassing losses. I could think too. The Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles has to versus be Cardinals. One. Cardinals take the easy win. It's crazy because like it was a good game. It was a showdown, which it shouldn't be. We're talking about Cardinals team that is in a. Midway point of rebuilding and trying to be competitive, and they show up against was supposedly supposed to be one of the greatest teams in the NFC and one of the greatest teams in the NFL, which they didn't. The Eagles' oh, offense didn't have. I'm gonna correct you right there. Not the greatest teams, or one of the greatest teams, one of the best teams, which I think is weird because like they sh- they have the talent. Clearly, they have the All Pros. They have the Pro Bowlers on their team that sh- can't perform. But why couldn't this offense click against the Cardinals? Honestly, if you really think about it, I'm not like that surprised. The offense put up 31 points. Like the Philadelphia offense wasn't the problem. Yeah, the I mean, Arizona defense hasn't been good. The Philadelphia offense put up 31 points, not the problem. So then the, the Philadelphia defense. defense has been terrible all year. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals offense has looked pretty good with Kyler Murray behind the helm, not Josh Dobbs. No, Kyler Murray behind the helm, and it's looked okay. And yeah, I mean the Eagles' defense is a problem. Sold a huge game. They have shown that if it's twenty-eight to twenty-eight with two minutes left in a playoff game, they're not. Stopping you can't them. trust them. Yeah, and especially because like look how many rookies they have behind there. They have almost an entire rookie linebacking goal besides Hassan Reddick. They have Jordan Davis, who's a second-year starter. Has Jalen Carter, who's a rookie from. Georgia. I mean, they have a lot of rookies on this defensive line in linebacking core. So I think with that, that's not the best for a team that's supposed to be competing because all these teams, all these players that just got into the league, now they have to work with other people who just got in the league and yeah. try and play. I think defense. that it's that. It's. I think if you James give it a year. Bradbury and Darius Slay getting absolutely cooked. Yeah, they're, Darius Slay is, what, 32 now? So he's on the older side and – James Radbury has never been able like to be as good as people hype them up to be. So I think that that loss was terrible, and I also think that the Ravens Dolphins loss that game was an absolute, that was embarrassing from it the, was embarrassing for the Dolphins, for the Dolphins because the Dolphins was, should not be getting blown out by that much. It was we saw the Ravens this are a great team, but yes, it was we, embarrassing for the Dolphins, and it was mind blowing if the Ravens. Wow, Justice Hill had a game. With two touchdowns and like over 190 yards, it was a crazy game for all the Ravens players. But for a Dolphins team that one has been on hard knocks and two have been shown trying to hype up their team, being like we're going to be in it. Two having those conferences, like yeah, I'm sure call me a system player trying to be cocky. But then he does stuff like that 
where they can't produce on offense, they can't stop them on defense, and they lose that badly to the Ravens to try and stay in the playoff run. The Ravens' number one defense showed up. Number one offense is the number one defense, and the Ravens' defense holds. If you them. need a team that you want to trust to win a game, I think the, the Ravens are I think it's contenders. the Ravens and then the 49ers. I mean, who have they lost to, really? They lost to the Rams, right? No. No, they can lose to the Rams. I'm going to say they... something right now. Josh Allen going ahead and tying with Jalen Hurts for quarterback rushing touchdowns in a single season. It's crazy. I mean, Josh Allen's always been a mobile quarterback. Remember last year when he hurdled like three players? It was crazy. But But also, the Bills have decided Sean McDermott, their head coach, will be their defensive coordinator. He's He started this week or this past week, and he's deciding – he decided that he's going to continue to do this. They're also taking the tush push or the – they tried. They tried. It worked. It was all right. You got Josh too, but I still think that the Eagles have the tush push mastered. I don't like it. I don't think anyone likes it. Yeah. In my opinion, Jalen it's not Hurts. Football. It should it's be funny. considered a rushing touchdown. Jalen Hurts. It's just it's a blown up stat. It's like it's. It's almost like the. OG Russell Westbrook stat padding for exactly rushing quarterback. What I think he should, what we should do, like for defenses to stop this, I think instead of loading the box, I think what they should do is they should bring the cornerbacks in and have them blitz off the sides. Because what that does is that that has the tackles collapse, and if the tackles collapse, and then you can get to the quarterback quicker. And it's hard because the play's really fast, so you can't really like stop it. But continuing what. Quilter was talking about coaches. I mean, Sean Sean Payton's decision to bench Russell Wilson. I mean, is it Sean Payton's decision? I don't entirely know. Is it the owner's decision? Maybe. This whole – I think so. He wouldn't wouldn't restructure the contract so he gets benched. That doesn't really feel like a head coach decision to me. I don't feel like it at all. I think that the GM and the owner were saying that we need to bench this guy to try and threaten him to make sure that this contract does not continue. Because this contract, his contract's a lot of guaranteed money, and they wanted him not to have that, so they threatened him. He said, no, no, I deserve this money. And then they benched him like they said they were going to to show strength, which is terrible because we look at it, and the Broncos were still in the playoff hopes. They were doing a great run. They beat Kansas City. They had a great run, and then they benched their starting quarterback simply for contract concerns, which I think for a team and a fan base, I think that's the worst thing that the owner should do, and I think the owner should see repercussions because of that decision. I mean, we're talking about benching starting quarterback. I mean, you did. They are going to lose money. They ain't making the playoffs. Yeah. They're all pretty down. Obviously being benched, and then Tommy DeVito being benched. Tommy DeVito is Josh Dobbs 2.0. We've said that before, that he's Josh Dobbs 2.0. AJ did call that. But I want to say is that I've seen a revolving door of Giants quarterbacks. And I think that it's weird to me that, like, Tommy DeVito has one bad game and they immediately bench him. Do we think his mom decided to change a uh, seasoning in the chicken color? That could be it. I mean, we've seen him with an Italian Maybe the ravioli. Anthony Volpe had uh, a friend come over for the for chicken Cowboys. parm. Austin Wells brought the chicken parm to Anthony and Volpe's Volpe house. started going crazy. Exactly. So could it be Italian food leads to better playing? Mm. I did see something. Oh, wait. Did they get him on, like, a meal plan and he could only have, like, chicken and rice? He ain't even eating Italian food anymore. Exactly. That That's be. the problem. That, that is 100% the problem. I did see something <clears throat> on the Talking Yanks Instagram. 
they posted a picture of Mariano Rivera. I know we're on the football side right now, but I just want to bring this up. First seeds were clinched. Crazy. Ravens, 49ers. Ravens, I'm feeling real good if I'm them. Lamar, probably not going to play this week. Trust. I mean, he shouldn't. I mean, considering, remember what happened last year with the playoffs and the Ravens. Crazy with Tyler Huntley starting because of, I think, Lamar just not wanting to play. Tyler Huntley going to start this week, I would assume. I think that we flip it over to the NFC and see the 49ers. I mean, again, Christian McCaffrey had a scary injury. I mean, a little bit of uh, concern there, but he's got a couple weeks now. Yeah, because especially because they clinched the first seed because they have a week. Bye. I don't think you're gonna see much of Debo or George. You probably or actually probably we Brock. could see we could see a Sam Darnold starting. I think we're gonna see a maybe a Sam Darnold start. Probably not much of Debo. You'll yeah. see a preseason roster in basically maybe the first roster. quarter, but yeah. yeah, Brock will get like one or two drives maybe. Yeah, but I think that probably I, garbage time. We expected these two two teams to be first seeds. I mean, not at the beginning of the year, maybe not, but by like mid. I expected it, not mid. the Ravens, but I definitely. Yeah, the Ravens. The Ravens has certainly turned things around. They were the last underdog year. out of the best teams in the league. Yeah, they, they were, were not. They were. We expected them to make the playoffs. But we didn't expect them to be the first seed. I was definitely expecting up there, but not first seed. Yeah, so I mean, for them to turn it around, it's great. I mean, we have to give it, especially with J.K. Dobbins, immediately injured in the first week, carrying his ACL. I think that we have to look at this team that had that injury and had more injuries on the offensive line and see how they have produced and overcome those injuries is a great thing. And I think that their team will do great in the playoffs, especially because they have another week of bye. And I think J.K. Dobbins could come back because of this bye week. I have to check on that. Okay. Last topic for the NFL. We won't get too much into the games this week. We'll do that on Thursday. But the wild card hopes. Five teams stay alive in the AFC. One team is for a division. That'll be the AFC South where the – Jaguars. It's a close, like the AFC. The Jaguars, South. Colts, and Texans are all nine and seven. They, the AFC South. We so, thought it was gonna be garbage time down south, no, but they they turn into a great division. I mean, the Jaguars, I think, are the fraudiest out of them because like they've had games where they get completely blown out. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully Trevor Lawrence can start this week. I believe he is. I don't think he got an injury. CJ Beathard started last week. Yeah, CJ did he look good or no? CJ did. Okay. I mean, they yeah, twenty six, but it was also the Panthers. Exactly, their team. They they had a. Great game, but it's because I believe that the Jaguars team is good itself. Okay. but And I believe in the NFC, correct me if I'm wrong, there are a lot of teams looking for the playoffs. Yeah, so five more teams in this. One for a division, the NFC South, where the Then the Bucks, the, the Bucks and the Saints played each and other, And the right? Saints are both 8-8. Eight and eight. But and the, oh, the Saints, Falcons can still win it as well at 7-9. Well, no, they're pretty much out. Oh, they would no, have they're not eliminated. eliminated. They would have to go... What is the record? Seven and nine. They have, if they win, the Bucks and the Saints both lose. Then they win. They force a week eighteen. But then, then we have to go look at tiebreakers, which don't the same time. I, no, if they win, if the Falcons win and the Bucks and Saints both lose, the Falcons win the division. Why? I don't know, but that's just how it because goes. it should go to tiebreakers. But whatever. So what I'm thinking is that the Saints did they split the first? They lost the first game against the Bucks. And won the second game. So, well, so it's not like baseball, though. So there's it doesn't go by season series. No. Does it? So so they so it doesn't matter. No. I thought the Bucks are still winning the division. I think I think who's gonna win? You'll this you'll see the, the Bucks. Bucks. I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are gonna win it. Well, the Bucks I mean, play this week. Well, yeah, you gotta check. They play the play. Panthers. I'm feeling yeah. Good no, about the, it. the Bucks are the Bucks are sitting. Good. I mean, I think 
we could just wrap it up. We'll get more right. into those prediction exactly. things. We could wrap it up right later now. on. Let's get into week. what everyone's hoping for: college, the football college football playoffs. playoffs. First thing we got to start with, clap it up because those are some of the two of the best games I've seen. I mean, we talked about the committee making a terrible decision by knocking out FSU. What happened to that? It team? wasn't a. It wasn't, it wasn't a terrible a, decision. They, they predicted got it. Smoked by Georgia. By I mean, Georgia. It was a 63-3. Before we get point. too deep into the CFP, I'd like to take a little time out. IKF did say thank you to all the Yankees fans. He did, yeah, clap it up for IKF. Clap it up for IKF. Class act, class act. What a guy. What a guy. All right, back to college football players. Well, what game do we want to start off? Both of them were great games. I'd say we go to the Rose Bowl. It was the first one played. Yeah, I mean, yeah Rose Bowl. What a game. Yeah. Just in general, what a game. Michigan. Mig-chin. Mig-chin. Back to Mig-chin. What a great first half, terrible second half, but they come back. J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, lead him down the field. They force overtime, and Blake Corum goes crazy and says, this is my game. Two rushes, 25 yards. It was crazy. Hot take right here, right now. J.J. McCarthy is a better Michigan quarterback than Tom Brady was. I mean, it makes sense because like, I'm not saying during a career because obviously JJ McCarthy has not had a career yet. But started at his Michigan career, in my opinion, JJ McCarthy was better. How many than times did Tommy Tom even Brady start in Michigan? Because Tommy, Tom Brady, barely, Tommy was not a four. He didn't starter. start, but he when they just got down every game, he just came back in and Ex- let him do a dub. Exactly, but I think we could say that JJ McCarthy that debate could be started. But what I what I want to say is that uh, John Harburg. Him saying that I mean Tom Brady won a national championship. Yeah, that's so true. if JJ McCarthy can do that too, yeah, then we'll it's... see. But Jim Harbert saying that um, and we'll get into that next Monday. The Jim Harbert saying that he's the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. It's not crazy. It's not crazy, but they've had some good quarterbacks. The glazing. It's just yeah. Like, I mean JJ McCarthy was sitting right next to him, so yeah, he's doing tricks on it. I think that was I think that was trying to like I think he was trying to just well, hype up his team. I mean, well, what now we have to go back to the other game, Washington versus Texas. What a game! Hold on, hold on, yeah. real quick. For, I would like to say Nick Saban did say, "I wish I had, could have done more to help them." And the only thing you could have done, buddy, to help them was change that abysmal play call. They studied. They had to study some Bama film before the actual game. Like illegal film, so it could be that they use that film to gain advantage over Alabama. Yeah, hey, you know what? Whatever Nick Saban, takes, the Nick Saban does use yeah. an Android, according to the fake okay. uh, messages. He uses an Android. I want to go back to that cheating part. Thing. We just completely forgot that happened. Like Michigan. Also, how did Jim Harbaugh get back onto the coaching staff? I thought he was taking. It was off. only a suspension. Three weeks. So three weeks. It wasn't that big of a deal. He only got suspended three weeks. Oh, but I mean, he didn't even get suspended for the Big Ten championship game, so it wasn't that deep. Let's just let's just think right now. Look at what UW and Texas. Amazing game. What a game. Two teams that really haven't been a powerhouse in the past two, three years. No. Both been ranked, but not that high up there. Not that high. Texas, you know what? I'll give it to them. They came back. They were down they fought. ten. They fought. I don't. I think Washington had the ball up ten, four minutes left, and Texas puts themselves in a situation where they have fourth and goal at the three with one second left. A great play by the Washington defensive back. I wasn't sure. Defensive clutch. But I will say Michael Penix 
Oh my goodness. If you go back and look at the film, it looked like an NFL quarterback out there. The amount of accuracy he had on some I'm of the passes say something. I don't was think, insane. I truly don't think he's going to be able to hold a college or a NFL ball because I was watching the game, wasn't spiraling at all. It was all these wobbly passes that should have been intercepted. A lot of them. All of his good, all of his throws were wide open. But if you had a defender on him, someone's lurking that and picking that. I think that we can, we'd have to look back on that. But like I've always talked about, how college quarterbacks that change into an NFL team, I like Bryce Young this year. He was expected to draft and fix the Panthers franchise. A quarterback can't do that. It's really hard for a quarterback. Even if drafted one, number one overall, even with the skill set that Bryce Young has, with a team that he has, it's not happening. So I think that drafting a college quarterback and expecting him to just fix I'm going to be honest. I see Michael Penix having a Johnny Manziel-type bust without all the partying and drinking and illegal. I can see mm-hmm. Penix not being the greatest quarterback. I could see it. I mean, he's not going to be the greatest. That's Obviously. why he hasn't been talked up. But, but I think that college quarterbacks in general have been overhyped and have been expected. Like Caleb Williams, whoever they think it's a draft lottery for Caleb Williams. Thank you for listening to episode three of Talking Sports. It was a fun one. I mean, it was short, short and sweet, but still a great episode. Still a great episode. Thank you.